You're Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off this podcast, I just wanted to wish you all a happy holidays. I know that the Christmas uh, holiday has actually just passed for most of us, so if you celebrated, I hope you enjoyed it. If you are still celebrating one of the other many holidays at this time of season, I wish you good season's tidings. As we now approach the new year, it's going to be a a very exciting 2022 for uh, all of us, I hope. I would expect great things for all of you listeners, certainly for the Jets, and I'm just uh, looking forward to a better year all around for everyone, including you, me, uh, pretty much everyone around us. Let's ring in the new year the right way. And that actually is going to start with some hockey. Right now, the World Juniors are currently underway, and uh, there are actually some Jets prospects, one of which I actually neglected to mention on my last podcast. That player is Nikita Shipakov for Team Russia. We still have Cole Perfetti for Canada, Chaz Lucius for Team USA, and Daniel Torgerson for Team Sweden. I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of the first couple of games from day one just because, uh, obviously, a lot of us are traveling, and so it's been a little bit difficult to catch up on all the action. I did get to watch some of the Canada versus Czech Republic game, as well as some of USA versus Slovakia, and unsurprisingly, the Jets prospect that definitely stood out the most in the time that I watched was Cole Perfetti. He actually racked up three assists in yesterday's game, which is pretty cool. I think, you know, compared to all of these other kids that are are still pretty young and most of them not having played at the pro level, it's clear that Perfetti is just at a different level. The way that his mind works is so fast. He analyzes and processes information at such a high speed that some of his linemates can't even keep up. And that's not really a knock on the Team Canada kids. This is actually just a trend with Perfetti in general. His mind works at such a high speed that A lot of times his pro-level teammates aren't even looking for passes that he's still looking at or seeing. As I've said before, the kid's just a genius, so when he's racking up these assists, it always feels like, yeah, he could probably have more points. He's just that talented. I would expect throughout this tournament that he will be one of Canada's most important players. He's got an amazing, amazing set of hands. His vision and uh, his IQ are next level. He's just a brilliant player, and I think that he'll be one of the guys that they lean on for pretty much all situations. He was tied in team scoring at first place with Owen Power, who had a hat trick in the same game, so obviously it's going to be a pretty high-scoring tournament. I think Power is uh, certainly a high-end deep prospect, and it seems like a lot of people are are very excited about his potential, but you know we're going to stick to the Jets' prospects for the most part. It's all about the Cole Perfetti train. And I think, you know, the Jets are are very excited to see what he can bring in the near future. I don't know if he'll actually go back to the Moose or if he might join the Jets uh, taxi squad, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. 
there have been some changes around the league that might mean Perfetti gets a shot with this team sooner rather than later. But for the time being, let's just expect him to go back to the Moose, where he's been in pretty dominant form so far. Now, as far as Team Canada is concerned, I thought they were solid, but there were some decisions that are kind of like super puzzling. I noticed that uh, some of their deployments didn't really make sense. The lineup arrangements are very strange. And of course, the uh, the exclusion of Brant Clark from the roster still rings uh, pretty sore for a lot of folks. Who knows why Clark was excluded, but Team Canada often makes very interesting choices. I will say that it seemed like Canada pulled the plug on their goaltender pretty early. I think Kosa was pulled uh, just after a few goals against. And after that, the backup came in. So, you know, Canada definitely feeling a lot of the pressure early but they ended up getting themselves out of a quick jam against um, the Czechs. The Czech Republic is always one of those uh, sneaky sleeper teams that gives a lot of top-end contenders fits. They have some really good talent. Kromiak, I thought, was brilliant, looked great. Same with Kanashko. I thought they were both excellent out there. There was a lot of really good uh, passing sequences, some great shooting lanes that they created, lots of good space creation. Just a very underappreciated and underrated team that I think is going to give a couple of really good squads in this tournament some absolute fits. Aside from that, you know, you might be wondering how Chaz Lucius from Team USA was, and I thought Lucius was pretty alright. I thought that he had some really good high danger chances down directly in front of the opposing keeper. He got in behind Slovakia's defense a couple of times and had some really close-up chances. I felt like he could have scored once or twice. His positioning is definitely in that sort of Kyle Connor vein of attacking that low slot area. He's got the release and the stick handling to make a little bit more extra flair there. And while I don't recall him recording any actual points, I still thought that he had some dangerous opportunities. Defensively, definitely still a work in progress, but that's not really shocking. I wouldn't read too much into whatever happens in this tournament anyways. It's just the World Juniors. It's a little bit of a fun thing, but you can tell Lucius is definitely a uh, a fresh-faced rookie for the most part when it comes to big international tournaments like this and uh, some of the higher levels of competition that he's facing. It'll probably be a couple of years before we see him start to make some NHL Jets moves, but maybe he'll be around two seasons from now, three seasons, something like that. The Jets just kind of need to let him marinate for at least a year or two in the NCAA before thinking about even moving him up a level. I, I think he's got a lot to prove. I think he has a lot to develop in. And certainly as he physically matures, he'll continue to add more strength, speed, um, and certainly agility and stuff. And uh, on top of those amazing puck handling skills and that great shot of his already, I, I definitely think Chaz has a lot of potential to be a major contributor for this team. I didn't really get to see much of Russia versus Sweden, so I did have to read about it afterwards, and Shubrakov apparently did score for Team Russia, which is cool. Intriguingly, it feels like the, the Russian players the Jets have drafted recently have all been kind of killing it at their respective levels. I don't think Shubrakov is quite at the level of, like, a Dmitry Ryshevsky, but certainly he's been very effective in his role. It seems like he might be another candidate to eventually slot in on Winnipeg's third line. There's just a lot to like with uh, both Ryshevsky and Chiprakov, especially in middle six roles, so hopefully they can kind of make that transition, especially if Ryshevsky's release and offensive positioning both carry over to the NHL. That'd be fantastic. Torgerson, I didn't get to see, so I'll take a look at him in today's game, uh, Slovakia versus Sweden, and maybe get some thoughts then. I'll also peek at Chiprakov and see how he does in Russia versus Switzerland later today and give you some thoughts on tomorrow's episode. In just a little bit, though, I wanted to refocus the lens a little bit on the Winnipeg Jets because there have been some changes around the league, and certainly for the Jets themselves, that I think is going to cause some major shakeups here and there around the Jets lineup, but we'll get to those in just a moment. 
Before then though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Built Bar and why they're the best tasting protein bars on the market, especially if you're looking for that healthy alternative to candy bars so you can stay true to those New Year's resolutions. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I wanted to refocus the lens a little bit on the Jets themselves, as there have been some, well, notable changes around the league, and certainly this will affect the Jets. Uh, before we talk about the changes, though, let's talk about Winnipeg having a couple of players entering COVID protocol. Andrew Kopp and Christian Veselainen, a couple of days ago, have actually been moved into protocol, which I don't remember exactly how you get out of it. I don't know if it's a couple of negative tests within 24 hours or so, but the long and short of it is the Jets may be without Kopp and Veselainen when it comes to game time against the Chicago Blackhawks on Wednesday. This would definitely necessitate Winnipeg making a few moves, and the only way that they could do that is if they had a taxi squad, which, surprise, surprise, the Jets actually have a taxi squad now. The league kind of realized things were sort of spiraling out of control. I don't know why they didn't just have a taxi squad to begin with. I know that, you know, people are thinking COVID is kind of over, but it's really not, and with how stringent some of the uh, COVID protocol stuff can be, the likelihood that you will have multiple players on it at a time is at least pretty high. So the league is kind of catching up now, and I think they were expecting this couple of days of extra pause around the Christmas break to be enough to set the stuff up. But it remains to be seen how exactly it's going to impact the rest of the season. I know a lot of teams are definitely running shorthanded right now, either with actual positive tests or just a lot of guys in COVID protocol. And this is on top of injuries already. So teams, some of them are running skeleton crews. I remember a couple of weeks ago, the New York Islanders basically had like, I don't know, 11 healthy skaters or something. It was super crazy. It was definitely more than 11, but basically, you know, in terms of like the forwards and defenders, they were running extremely shorthanded. I think they were down to uh, just a couple of full healthy lines and maybe like two defensive pairings. It was rough. And it obviously had a major impact on their season. They lost a ton of games and I don't think it was really something they could control. For the Jets, uh, I feel like the team has generally avoided most of the worst of COVID. Obviously, Shifley getting it was a bit of a problem. Same with Wheeler, but it seems like they have mostly recovered. Uh, and, you know, Winnipeg, I think, hasn't really had, you know, as many guys going into protocol until recently. Kind of interesting that Cop is one of the few to uh, actually go into protocol. I think he was one of the players who was more vocal about being against a lot of this stuff. 
He and Hellebuck both haven't been thrilled about the protocols, but unfortunately they are in place for a reason, and so they're just going to have to kind of suck it up for now because the rest of us are doing the same. Times have changed, and unfortunately this is just going to be a daily reality. And it does seem like the NHL is doing more PCR testing. Uh, it sounds like a lot of the protocols have gotten more stringent. Things have definitely locked down a bit in certain areas. Folks are just going to have to use good judgment and exercise caution. I think that's one of the biggest things. But of course with the NHL, because everyone is crowded all the time, and certainly there's like a lot of bodily fluids in contact, you will probably see more positive tests and stuff over the next few months. It's just inevitable. The good news is that those with the vaccine do seem to have pretty good um, either resistance or at least fewer health complications from COVID, which is nice, especially when it comes to Omicron being as widespread and as easily transmissible as it is. So it'd be nice if everyone in the league got their shots up to date and uh, they suffered as few health complications as possible. As far as who might step in for any players that actually come down with uh, with COVID or are at least in protocol for a bit, the Jets are going to have to turn to the Moose quite frequently, I'm sure. They've got CJ Cease and Christian Reichel up on an emergency basis, which I would assume means that they're actually going to suit up on Wednesday. I don't think Kopp and Veselainen are expected back super, super soon, especially with the stricter protocols. But we've also got Vili Heinola being assigned today from the Moose to the taxi squad, which... We all remember how this went last year. It wasn't great, I wouldn't say. The thing with Vili is that he's obviously good enough to dominate at the AHL level. He's one of the best AHL defenders out there. And so the only way that he would really start to uh, continue his career progression is to make it to the Jets. I don't really count being put on the taxi squad in that same conversation, though. I want him on a full-time role here, and I don't know if he's actually going to find it. I don't think Dave Lowry really figures him in right now at least from the early signs of it. I feel like Lowry is going to stick with what he has. And uh, already I've seen a couple of signs of some deployment issues, at least in the first couple of games. It definitely got better after the first few periods, but those opening periods where some of the lines were getting played a bit more than they should, those were definitely concerning. And you could kind of tell what kind of players Lowry tends to like, and I don't think Heinella really fits that mold at all. My hope is that he actually does play during the next couple of weeks, but I don't know that that's going to happen. He really does need to be getting ice time somewhere, though. I don't think you can really afford for him to just sit there rotting in the press box when he can provide a lot of value either to the Moose or to the Jets. If you're going to taxi squad somebody that you don't intend to play, then look at some of your older veteran D who are on the Moose. That could definitely use an NHL paycheck. But if you have a bright, burgeoning young talent, don't do anything to diminish that flame and don't keep them sitting in and rotting. It's it's always a rough decision, and I know that a lot of guys would probably volunteer themselves for this role, but, you know, for, for the Jets and their prospects, I really don't want to see any of them languishing around and not getting ice time. So, as the saying goes, free Vili Heinola. In just a moment, we'll take a look at Winnipeg's next few games as their schedule has changed a bit and what I might expect from these games now that the Jets have had a little bit more time to practice together. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.ag and why they should be your number one holiday destination for all of your betting needs this season. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to play some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, looking at uh, Winnipeg's upcoming New Year's hockey schedule, which is going to ring in 2022 with some, well, interesting games. Certainly some early tests for Dave Lowry, who... Yeah, I, I have some thoughts on so far, but we'll kind of give him a few more games to see where exactly his headspace is at. The first game which we'll have that is post-postponement, so to speak, is Blackhawks versus Jets at home on Wednesday. This should be, I don't know, not an easier game, I would say. The Hawks have been a little bit better since Colleton has departed, but... You know, I can't really see the Jets being troubled greatly by this team. The Hawks are fast and loose, and so long as Winnipeg remains composed under pressure, I think they'll do all right. But the team that might be a little bit more troublesome is Calgary on the road. Now, the big thing with the Flames is so many of their players have had COVID or have been placed in protocol, so I don't even know what their roster looks like. It'll really depend on how much time they've had to get back up to speed and whether or not they're really in game shape or even healthy. I, I Again, I don't know what this team looks like. They had like half of their roster on IR at one point, so yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to know what the Flames are. If they're actually at full strength, I think they'll give the Jets fits. But with that team, that is kind of a huge if. I, I, I don't really know right now. The first team of 2022 that they will face is Vegas, which I think could be a difficult game. The Golden Knights are fast, and while their defense is pretty poor, they should still be able to put up boatloads of goals against the Jets, which, you know, given how this Jets defense has been and how kind of mediocre overall performance from Winnipeg we've been getting recently, I, I don't know that I would count this one as a game I would expect the Jets to get points out of. I, I know that the, the Knights aren't really anywhere near where they've been in past years, but you know, don't underestimate that top end of that roster. I mean, they've still got some phenomenal scoring talent. They have a style of play that does give the Jets fits. And the only hope Winnipeg would have is that their goaltending or defense is suspect enough to give Winnipeg a fighting shot. After that, things only get more interesting with the Jets then facing the Yotes, the Avalanche, and then the Kraken. If that is your opening slate of games for your 2022 season, uh, it's it's going to be a tough road. I think Winnipeg actually has quite a few losses penciled in here. I'm, I'm not really convinced by how this team has played yet. I think that there's a lot for Lowry to work on, and I don't know if the way that he sees the ice is necessarily how I would like the Jets to start playing. He seems to like a lot of big bodies and hoping for point shot deflections in front of the net, which, you know, in some areas does work if you catch your opponent off guard, but if that is your primary way for trying to find lanes to the net, I feel like that's not super efficient. I'd rather the Jets work on uh, crossing passes, low slot distribution, all that fun stuff that Winnipeg in the past was very good at. They'll still be without Blake Wheeler and certainly without Kopp and Veselainen for likely the first game or so. I'm curious to know what the lineups look like as we start getting closer to Wednesday. 
I'll have some thoughts once we actually see the lineups and some early thoughts on the first game, at least on uh, Thursday's episode, most likely. But yeah, I, I got to be honest, I'm not super optimistic with how all of this is shaping up. I think the Jets actually have a very interesting mixture of, of quality teams, along with some squads that have very much struggled. The Yotes are not a team that I think the Jets should really struggle against, and yet they've already lost to Arizona this year. Not all that, uh, not all that promising, I gotta say. But hopefully, you know, a road game against Coyotes. Uh, this this is going to be a chance for the Jets to maybe right some wrongs, rectify the past mistakes they've made, and certainly work on improving on a team that, quite honestly, still has a very good foundation on paper. But if they don't make the most of it, or if Lowry continues to value the wrong aspects of what makes this team great, this this season could be a rough one for the Jets. But, you know, again, it's only a couple of games in. I'm going to reserve judgment until maybe four or five games in, and we've had a bigger sample size to work with. But, yeah, some early signs of skepticism from me. I don't think that the schedule is going to do Lowry any favors. And we'll know uh, sooner rather than later what his philosophy is as we start rolling into 2022. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think the Jets are going to accomplish or not accomplish. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. That is going to do it for tonight's podcast, though. Thanks for listening and making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.